your life were a movie, would you want to watch it? If your life was a novel, would you want to read it? That is the questions we've been really wrestling with over the past few weeks as we think about elements that make a good story also really help us live a good life. I want to thank Donald Miller for inspiring this series just with that concept that good stories also make good lives. And so what is a good story? Uh, a good story is a character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. A character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. For uh, today's Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers and grandmothers out there. Uh, just an example, this would be the sound of music. Uh, a story about a character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. Julie Andrews plays, of course, Maria, and she becomes the mother of the Von Trapps, uh, marries their father, uh, and she wants, to, she wants to hold the family together, and she has to overcome the invasion of Nazi Germany uh, into her home country there of Austria. And so uh, it's a fascinating tale. Also, Aquila and the Bee is a story about an 11-year-old girl uh, growing up in a rough neighborhood, going to a difficult school, has the aspiration of wanting to win the National Spelling Bee, and she has to overcome many obstacles to do that, and her mother is right there with her. So a story, a great, good story, is a character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. We've been talking about this. We, we've been taking it bit by bit, and we started off with the character. You are the main character of your life. You're the main character of your story. What kind of a character are you? In stories that we like to watch and read, we love characters who develop, who transform, who grow. Characters are different at the end of the story than they were at the beginning of the story. And so as the lead character of your story, what transformation has taken place? How are you growing in your relationships? How are you growing spiritually in your relationship to God? How are you growing uh, professionally? How are you growing emotionally? We should be different than we were when we started. Last week, we looked at a character who wants something, right? That, that's an important part of this. Uh, and we talked about how what we aspire to, our aspirations, really shape the, the stories that we write. If we want to be rich, we're going to live one story. If we want to be popular, we're going to live one story. If we want to help people, we're going to live a type of story. So what is it that you want in your life that you're pursuing? And we really wrestled with, do we want the right things? Do we want the things that God wants for our lives? What are we pursuing in our lives? Uh, so what, what's your character? What, what are you pursuing? Do, are you trying to go after things that God wants for you in your life? Remember, God wants us to live life to the full in Jesus. Well, today we're going to con continue in this uh, whole kind of characterization uh, with a character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. All right, so we're going to talk about conflict today, overcomes conflict to get it. All great stories have conflict involved, right? And so uh, as we think about that, uh, I want to share something uh, that my boys and I have been watching. This is a show called Troll Hunters. It's an animated series. Uh, and so this guy in the middle, his name is Jim. And one day he's riding his bike to school with his friend Toby here, the little guy there. And, and Jim says to Toby, don't you ever wish we could have something happen that's exciting in our lives other than going to school and doing homework? And wouldn't it be great to go on an adventure someday? And Toby said, yeah. And so one day they're going to school and Jim finds this magic amulet that gives him special powers. And it, it calls him to go on this quest to join these good trolls to, to fight off the evil bad trolls that are trying to attack them. And Jim gets in a lot of danger. And he begins soon to lament the fact that 
he has gotten his wish, right? He's like, I don't want to be the troll hunter. I don't want to be imbued with this magical power. I, I wish I could go back to my life before this. And Toby said, but, but Jim, you're getting everything that you wanted, right? You're getting adventure. You're getting challenge. You're getting danger. You're getting to do amazing things. Why do you want to go back? Right? Great stories suck us in because there's conflict, because there's drama, right? If there's no conflict, if there's no drama, then it's just going to be a boring story, and no one's going to want to watch that. So we read books, we watch television shows, we watch movies to, to see characters get in difficult circumstances and to try to overcome them, right? If, if you want to fall in love with someone, you usually have to, uh, you have to get past the romantic rival who's trying to win the same person's heart. If you want to save the day, you have to defeat the evil genius, right? There's no great character, there's no great person, there's no great idea, no great institution that hasn't faced great resistance, right? To be great, you have to face great resistance, right? In the National Football League, at the end of the year, they don't just hand out 32 Super Bowl trophies, one to each team, and say, you're the champion, right? That'd be boring. You have to overcome conflict. You have to beat the other teams, right? But when it comes to our lives, when it comes to our stories, we don't like that. We don't like conflict. We don't want to deal with anything pushing us out of our comfort zone. We have an aversion to pain. We have an aversion to challenge. And so we want to see drama and conflict in other people's stories. But when it comes to our story, we don't want that. But when we don't want that, we're going to miss out on something, right? Because you can't be great at something unless you face great resistance. So in your lives, what is it that you want is it something, you know, epic that God's calling you to? And what conflict is coming your way because you're trying to do what God called you to do? And when that conflict comes, how do you respond to that? Is that, is it, do you hit it head on? Do you, do you say, you know, I'm not really a big fan of conflict, but if it comes, I got to take it. Or do you just say, you know what? I know this is a great aspiration. I know this would make a good story, a good life, but I'm just going to quit. I don't want to deal with conflict. When you're pursuing something great in your life and conflict arises, how do you deal with that? Well, today we're going to talk about that, and we're going to look at a story in the Bible. Uh, we're going to be in the Old Testament today, and this is a story that happened about 3,500 years ago. Right? It's about uh, 1,500 years before Jesus is born. So this is a long time ago, and we're still talking about it. Right? Why are we still talking about something that happened over 3,500 years ago? Because it's an epic story. It's about a character, a real person, who wanted something great and had to overcome immense conflict to get it. Right? So what's going on is the people of Israel have moved down into Egypt. It was the country just below them because there was a massive famine, and they didn't have any food, and the people of Egypt had food, and they welcomed them there, and things were great. But pretty soon, the leadership of Egypt changed, uh, and there was a different uh, view of the Israelites, and pretty soon, they became slaves, and they were trapped, and they made the uh, Israelites do hard physical labor. And so, they were in Egypt doing this for all, like over 400 years. And so, the, the people were suffering, they, were, they were, uh, had violence enacted against them, they were doing all this labor, and they're praying to God, please get us out of slavery, let us go back home. And God has heard their prayers, and God is ready to help them, and God's going to use a man named Moses to lead the people of Israel. So that's where we're picking up the story. God wants something great. He wants his people to be set free, 
but it's not going to be easy because the Egyptians have gotten used to this free labor. They have a huge army. They're not going to let the people of Israel just waltz away. So that's where we pick up the story today. God wants something great, and there's going to be some conflict to overcome. So let's go into Exodus 3. There the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within a bush. You ever heard of the burning bush? This is the story, the burning bush, God talking through Moses through a burning bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. You are in the presence of God. Then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, all of your main ancestors. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Can we blame him? Right? God face to face, what would we do? And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. And I'm here, Moses is probably like, yes, God, it's about time. Let's, let's go get them. You go get them, God. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. Yes, God, get us out of here. Take us back home. A land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the... Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. We could do a sing-along today. You want to do that? <laughs> and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. Right? Yes, God, let's, let's get out of here. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring the, my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And Moses is probably like, wait a second. I was with you, God, when you were going to do this, but now you want me to do this? So Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, right, the ruler of Egypt, the ruler of the army, who's enslaved us for hundreds of years? You want me to go, right, to bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign that, that to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So God calls Moses to lead the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses is freaking out. He's like, who am I to do this? I'm just, I'm, a, I'm like a sheep herder, right? Who am I to go and, and to rescue the people from Pharaoh? They've been here hundreds of years. He's got an army. Who am I? And, and so God begins to say things to Moses in, in the rest of the story. He's like, Moses, what do you have in your hand? And Moses says, I have a staff. And God says, I'm going to use that to do miracles. So take what you have, and I will equip you, right? When God calls us to something, God equips us to do what God calls us to do. Moses said, well, I can't, I can't speak eloquently. I, I can't speak to people. And God says, well, your brother Aaron can, so I'm going to send Aaron with you, right? When God calls us to something, God equips us. He, he helps us use the gifts that we have in our hands, and and he sends us with other people. God surrounds us with other people. We're not in it by ourselves. And then God says, I will be with you. Tell the people that I am with you, right? So Moses is facing conflict, right? A character, God and Moses, want something epic to free the people of Israel, and they're going to have to overcome a lot of conflict and get it. But Moses is not going in alone. God equips him. God sends people with him, and God is with him. 
And if you know the rest of the story, it works out really well for Moses and the people of Israel. It's an exciting story. It's an awesome story. It's an epic story. We're talking about it 3,500 years later. Right? If you haven't read that, I invite you to go home and, and check that out. Right Where you are in the book of Exodus, it's an amazing story. But we learn a lot from God. We learn a lot from Moses. Right, We have to overcome conflict to do great things. It's just a part of life. right? We have to overcome conflict to do great things for God. But our first reaction right, is that we're scared of that. We don't want to do that. No one likes conflict, and, and I understand that. Right? And we're, while we're talking about conflict, there's different kinds of conflict. right? We're talking about conflict in the right sense. We want to do something great. People are going to resist us. We got we to gotta hold on to that. right? This is conflict in the right circumstances. right? It's, it's contextual. This is the kind of conflict that if we're going to be involved in conflict, that's the kind of conflict we want. There's also conflict that has nothing to do with this. Conflict that, that we make boneheaded decisions in our lives and we bring conflict upon ourselves. right? We mouth off at somebody and they come over and smack us in the face. right? That's not the kind of conflict that I'm talking about. We drink alcohol and we get in our car and drive uh, and we get arrested and it brings conflict into our lives, right? That's not the kind of conflict, right? We gossip about somebody. They hear that we gossip about it and they come and, and they argue with us, right? That's not the kind of conflict that I'm talking about. Conflict in pursuit of something that's great in our lives that God wants us to do. And I think the Bible backs this up. Let's go to the New Testament. This is gonna be from 1 Peter. This is Peter, like the head of the 12 disciples who's writing this, and I think it's relevant to today. Uh, he says, for it's better if it's God's will to suffer, and I'm going to replace suffer with to endure conflict, because I think for many of us, conflict feels like suffering, doesn't it? Right? For it's better if it's God's will to endure conflict for doing good than for doing evil. Right? If we're going to go through conflict, choose the right conflict. Right? Don't, don't add conflict to your life that you don't need. But right? if you're going to have to go through conflict, go through the right kind of conflict. Right? Harry Potter goes through all kinds of conflict. Why? Because there's an evil wizard named Voldemort who's trying to take over the world. And Harry says, it's worth my facing conflict to try to save people because I've been given the ability to do that. Right? Dorothy, what does she want? She wants to go home, which is a great thing. And the wicked witch doesn't want her to go home. And so she has to overcome the conflict to do that. Right? This is, these are healthy conflicts. Right? Luke Skywalker wants to save the universe from the Death Star and the evil empire and save his father. Right? That's conflict worth embracing because the end is a powerful thing that we want to go for. Right? So if you want to run an ethical business in the world today, guess what? You're going to face a lot of conflict. Right? If you want to do the right thing and run an ethical business, you're going to face a lot of conflict. If you want to raise a family that loves Jesus and shares the love of God with people in the world, you're going to face a lot of conflict. Right? If you want to do the right thing with your family, you want to do the right thing, you're going to face a lot of conflict. If, if you want to get you know, rid of bullies and stop people from bullying people, you're going to have to face conflict. Right? If, if you're going to school and you see somebody getting bullied, you, you step in, you might take a fist to the face. Right? You, if you're going to... If you're going to Invest in something that's good, you're going to face some conflict. You see what I'm saying? Do you see that in your lives? But that is worth it, right? Because the end game, what you're going for, is so worth facing whatever conflict comes your way. Right? And there's real conflict in the world. There's real conflict in life. And I, I want to share a prayer request that we, we received last week from a family in our church who's with us here today in person in, in our modern service um, that just moves me, that reminds me how much evil's in the world and that we need to stand up to that. This, this is a prayer request from a family in our congregation. Please pray for my people in the Congo in Africa who are going through a genocide and being killed by fellow Congolese. 
Villages have been burned down and people have been burned alive. Right now, many of our relatives are living in the bush without anything to eat and no roof over their heads. Please pray and ask for God to save the people. That's a real prayer request from real people in this room right now. This is real evil in the world, right? We want to save people. We want to stop genocide from happening. We don't want people to be burned alive. We don't want villages to be burned down. We don't want relatives living out in the bush hiding for their lives. That is something worth getting involved in. I don't have the answer for that, but I think the start is to do what they ask us, to to, to enter into the, the spiritual conflict of praying for our friends and their relatives in the Congo. This, this is real. That's conflict worth embracing. Right? These are real people who are related to people in our church. And this is an opportunity for us to get in spiritually into conflict and trying to do something about that. You see the different types of conflict? That's the contextual conflict that's worth getting in the game for. Right? As we think about living a great story, we think about living a, a good story. Right? There's something that we want. We want to overcome conflict to get it. Certainly, we look forward to getting whatever it is that we're working for. Right? Whether that's getting married, graduating, starting your own business, right? we work towards an end. We work towards something, and, and we can't wait to do that. But don't forget that the journey to get there is just as important. Right? A lot of us think, I'm not going to be happy until this happens. I'm not going to be happy until I achieve this. Right? If we're waiting to the end to be happy, we're going to be really miserable because all, most of all the things we want in life, right, it takes time to get there. So we've got to figure out that the journey is also important, isn't it? Right? This is not rocket science. You probably see this on bumper stickers, right? It's not just the end, it's the journey, right? So we got to make the journey count. Now, the challenge with the journey is there's good things that happen on the journey and there are bad things that happen on the journey. And we, we, there's this tension of, hey, this is going great in my life and this is not going great in my life. I'm trying to do something great for God, but this is kind of tripping me up. And so we've got to figure out a way how to live in the tension. Because one way that life is different than a movie, life is different than a television show, life is different than a novel, is that life doesn't have all the loose ends and all the tension wrapped up in 60 minutes or less. 60-minute TV show, everything's solved, right? Everybody's happy, and all the loose ends are tied up, and there's no more tension. They live happily ever after, after only 60 minutes of conflict. Right? Movies, it's 120 minutes, it's two hours. If you're reading a novel, maybe six or seven hours, but it's all tied up, right? But in real life, it doesn't happen that way, does it? Right? You know, a lot of people say Jesus takes care of all your problems. Jesus takes care of our major problems, but there's a lot of stuff that, that is left undone because we live in a broken world. And until Jesus comes back and, and brings the full kingdom with him, there's gonna be loose ends. There's gonna be tension in our lives. And so we've gotta figure out how do we live with the good parts of our lives and also the hard parts of our lives. See, see if you can identify with this. One of the hardest things that I've ever had to figure out how to deal with as an adult is that with my family, with my friends, with my church congregation, in my life, literally every day, there's someone who's not happy with me. There's someone somewhere in my life who's not happy with me. Right? Now, am I the only one in life like that? Right? Laura, you know, you're always happy with me, aren't you, baby? Happy Mother's Day, right? Sometimes Laura's not happy with me. Sometimes my boys aren't happy with me, right? Sometimes you church folks are not happy with me. And, and sometimes you shouldn't be happy with me because I'm not perfect and I make mistakes and I need to be held accountable and I need to grow and I need to learn from the wrong things that I do. Right? But sometimes right, I'm trying to do what God called me to do in my home, with my friendships, in the church, 
and people just see it differently and they're not happy with Pastor Kyle because of the music that we sang or the way that the building looked or what people are wearing or whatever it is. There's always someone who's not happy with me and so I've had to figure out how to deal with that. I try to raise my family in a godly way, which means that for my boys, you know, sadly, sometimes they can't watch all the same shows that their friends watch or listen to all this music that their friends listen to, right? We make choices as we're trying to do something good for God, and that causes friction. That causes conflict. And so how do we deal with that tension? We want to do something right for God, but why is it so dang hard, right? Why is it so hard in the middle? Let me, let me show you some strategies that I've found to be helpful for living in that tension of trying to do the right thing and you run into conflict. Okay, we're gonna go back to the, the Bible. We're gonna be in the New Testament. We're gonna be reading a, a letter that, that a man named Paul who started a church, a lot of churches, he's writing to Christians who lived in first century Rome and he's giving them advice. And so I think Paul's advice works for us today too. He says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. And I'm gonna insert conflict here, right? You know tweaking it a little bit, but I don't think God's going to zap me for that. Not only so, but we also glory in our conflicts because we know that conflict produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, right? So when we suffer, when we go through conflict, right, we go through that and we have to persevere through that. And then we develop better character, right? Characters transform. Characters are different at the end, right? And so we develop character and we develop hope, right? Because we can look back in our lives to say, you know what? I went through a hard time in the past. I didn't think I was going to make it, but guess what? I made it. And God equipped me and gave me what I needed. God sent people in my life to help me get through it. God was with me and I got through that, right? If I could get through that, I can get through this, right? That's where hope comes from, right? Because we persevered, we developed character, and now... We can move forward with hope because we've seen how God acts in the past. God gets us through this, right? Then Paul says this in Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, right, good things, bad things, conflict, suffering, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. God doesn't cause the bad things, but God works through the bad things, right, who have been called according to his purpose. So as we think about going through the journey of life and we've got good things happening, we've got hard things happening, right, what I hear from Paul is saying, Right? Several things. One is, right, celebrate the small victories. Right? We're, we're not where we're going yet, but there are, some, there are some milestone markers along the way. Celebrate those. You'd be happy. Right? Enjoy the moment. There's still tension going on, but, but don't let that stop you from enjoying the, the victories that we have. I think God also says, enjoy the people that are around you. Right? You ever been through a hard circumstance at work or on sports team or, or with a family member and you, know, and you get through it? What does that do? It bonds us closer together. Like we're brothers and sisters. Like we've been through hell and back together, right? And so it's like, so, right, we, we celebrate the victories. We celebrate the relationships along the way. So there's good things that happen in the midst of life and, and all that tension that we can celebrate, right? So there's they're the, they're the loose ends that are just not tied up, but we still have things to, to hold with joy, right? So it's kind of like holding this tension. Let me give you an example, right? Last week, we celebrated, right, the, the grand opening of our new campus here at South Park Church, right? We've been working towards it for eight years, our public launch, right? And so we're here, the apartments are here, the hotel's here, the businesses are starting to move in, the restaurants, and we've been working for eight years to get here to reach more people for Jesus, 
right? And, and we celebrated, and it was awesome. It, you know, it was the goal we were working towards, right? People who wanted something and worked hard to overcome conflict to get it. And guess what? We faced conflict along the way, right? It took eight years to get here. It, it was hard, right? We faced internal conflict. We faced external conflict. We faced all kinds of conflict. And, and there were ups and downs. There were times where we thought the whole project was gonna fall apart. The church was gonna dissolve, right? But, but thanks to God, here we are, right? And looking back, right, there was tense times, but there were also good times, right? We celebrated, right, finding a developer who shared the same vision with us. We, we celebrated when the city council twice voted unanimously for us to do this project. We celebrated when we broke ground on the property, and all our kids got in the mud and got super muddy, and we had to throw our kids' clothes away, right? You know, all those milestones that we celebrated, right? And, and you know, last week when we opened publicly, and you know, seeing the people who are watching online, seeing the people who are here, Right. Some of you have been through the trenches with us for eight years. Some have been six months, whatever. But, but we've been through it together. I, mean, I just, I see people. I just, I, I feel so much closer to you because we went through challenging times. And here we are, right? And if we tried to make everybody happy in life, we wouldn't be here at all, right? And so we got to live in that tension. We've got to embrace that conflict and, and know that it's worth overcoming. Brothers, sisters, what are you pursuing in life? What are you pursuing? What conflict's coming your way and how do you handle that? Do you dodge it? Do you hit it head on? Do you begrudgingly face it, right? Because our church did one thing. We made a decision, right? When you face conflict in your life, I think you've got a choice. You can either get bitter or you can get better, right? When things are going along, you get bitter or you get better, right? This stinks. I don't like this. I don't like the conflict. I don't like loose ends that are out there, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be bitter about this, right? It can, it can totally wreck your life. Now you can have your bitter moments, you know, you're moaning and you're whining. Well, we gotta get that out of our system, right? But move on and get better. Hey, this is a conflictual time, but I'm gonna learn something in this. God's gonna help me grow as a person. God's gonna help me grow as a leader. God's gonna help me grow as a father or a husband. Right? I'm, and I'm gonna get better in my life. I'm gonna live a better story because I'm gonna embrace the conflict. I'm not gonna shy away from it. I'm gonna go after what God called me to go after. You can get bitter or you can get better. Let's think about your story in, in one more way. We talk about how we're the lead characters of our lives. I want you to go with me on just like a mental exercise. All right? You're gonna be the lead character of your life uh, and we're, you're gonna be a story about a tree, okay? So do you wanna be a palm tree? Do you wanna be an apple tree? You want to be an oak tree? You want to be a pine tree? You are the story, right? You are a tree, right? This is your story. You're the main character. What kind of a tree are you going to be? I'm going to be a palm tree. I like being at the beach, okay? All right, so you're the tree. The story's about you. The story's about you you're as a tree. But you notice that you're not the only tree in the world, right? There's other trees around you. There's trees in Charlotte. There's trees in North Carolina. There's trees in America. There's trees in, in Haiti. There's trees in Africa. There's trees in, in Mexico, Right? And so there's other people with their stories. So here's how it works with God. Your story's important. Your story's important. Your story's, all of our stories are important. We're, we're, we're trees and those stories are important. But the story is about the forest. Right? The story's about all of us. You're an important part of that, but you're not the only part of that. I'm not the only part of that. God created a forest. He wants us to all know God's love. He wants us to all love each other. Right? And so here's the thing. Every now and then, actually more often than that, there's going to be a tree who's going to have to take one for the team. He's going to have to take one for the forest. Right? He's going to have to go through a hard time so that the forest can, can have a better time. 
right? There's, there's gonna be some of us who are trees that we're gonna have to have to fight the termites off. There's gonna be some of us who are gonna have to fight off drought. There's gonna be some of us trees who are gonna have to fight off the loggers who wanna come in and chop us down. Are there gonna be some of us trees, we're gonna get struck by lightning and it's gonna hurt and it's not gonna be any fun, but it's for the good of the forest that we take that so the rest of the trees don't have to take that. You see where I'm going with this, right? You're a tree in a story about a forest. You're important, but the story's about all of us. The story's about the forest, right? Think about the biblical characters we talked about, Moses. Moses had to take one for the team. He had to go out of his comfort zone and stand up to the ruler of Egypt and risk his life so that an entire group of people could be saved, right? Moses had to overcome a great deal of conflict so that a lot of people could be in a better place. Last week, we looked at Esther, same story. She had to stand up for her husband, uh, to her husband and to his right-hand man to save her entire group of people, the Israelites, right? She had to do that. She had to take one for the team. She had to go through conflict so that other people could be blessed, right? The week before that, who we look at? We looked at Jonah. What did Jonah have to do? He had to take one for the team so that an entire city of Ninevites, right, who were his enemies, could be saved and they could be in a right relationship with God. Jonah had to overcome being swallowed by the big fish, right? So Jonah and Esther and Moses, what they, they wanted something, and they had to overcome conflict to get it with the help of God. And guess what? We're still talking about them thousands of years later, thousands of years later. What if Jonah and Esther and Moses had said, no, God, I'm not gonna do it? What if they said, it's too much. I don't like conflict. I just wanna sit in my apartment, on my couch, and stream Netflix. What would have happened? I think God would have still saved the people every time and picked someone else, and we never would have heard of Jonah or Esther or Moses, and they would have missed out on being a part of God's amazing story. They would have missed out on God's amazing story. A character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. That's a great and an epic story. So what? What's the point? What's the big idea today? This is what I think it is. Taking on conflict, which is something that none of us like to do, taking on conflict is a sign that your story is lifting off. I don't know about you, but in my life, when something starts going wrong or people start resisting me, I say, God, why are you doing this to me? Why don't you like me? And usually the answer is, Kyle, I'm answering your prayers. This is what you asked for, right? You're facing conflict because your story is getting ready to lift off. Again, it's the right kind of conflict. It's not the wrong kind of conflict, right? Taking on conflict is a sign that your story is lifting off. What conflict are you facing right now that God could be getting ready to use to to use your story and elevate it where you're going to be an amazing blessing to someone else? So what I want you to do in your lives, I'll challenge you to do this when conflict, the right kind of conflict is coming your way, I want you to do this. Choose better over bitter, right? When conflict comes, it's gonna be easy to gripe and whine and moan and complain and say, I quit, right, to be bitter. I'm saying, with the power of God, choose better over bitter. Take the conflict on. Look for God to equip you. Look for the people who are with you. Know that God is with you and look for your story to get better and be a blessing to someone else. Isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus wanted something and he overcame conflict to get it. He wanted us to be in a right relationship with, with God. He loves us, doesn't want us to be separated from from God. And so he left heaven and he came to the earth and he became a human being, right? And he was mocked and ridiculed and betrayed and and killed, right? He wanted something so bad that he overcame conflict to get it so that you and I can be in a right relationship with God, so that we can live life to the full now and live forever in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus came back to life and 
He defeated all that junk in our lives, right? And we look at Jesus' life, we're like, who would want that life, right? He was stressed out and facing conflict. And, but remember the good stuff about Jesus. He had people who loved him. He had friends, he had family. He had thousands of people would come out to see him. He healed them and he cured them and he performed miracles and he laughed and he danced and he sang and he went to weddings, right? And so in the midst of the conflict, he lived his life and he lived it to the full. And because he wanted something so great, and he was willing to overcome conflict to get it. You and I can live life forever and live life to the full. What conflict is God calling you to face because he's called you to something great in your life? I know it's hard to deal with it, but you're not alone. And God has sent people to be with you. He's equipped you to be ready. Taking on conflict is a sign that your story is lifting off. Choose better over bitter every time. Live your lives to the full. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.